From the very, very beginning of SpaceX, Elon Musk has stated that he wants to send something to Mars, and SpaceX is a space exploration company. But SpaceX has been working with the Department of Defense for numerous years, launching satellites, spy satellites as well for the Department of Defense and other organizations in the U.S. government. Now, Elon has said that the Starship program is going to be the turning point of the company where they'll be able to send humans to Mars, people back to the moon with the HLS program, but also point-to-point transportation for people around the world. So you could fly from New York all the way to Tokyo in about an hour. You go into space, you come back down. It's really fast. Elon has stated that numerous times that this is what he wants Starship to be in the future. Now, speaking of the Department of Defense, Elon has also said that there could be a point-to-point transfer of people and cargo of the Starship from one point to another point while there's something happening on the ground. Now, Starship also has the largest amount of payload area of any rocket ever. So the Department of Defense is obviously looking at Starship as a future for transportation on Earth. Now, just recently, there was a tweet from the Air Force Research Lab, the AFRL. I want to show you this tweet because I think this is important for the future of Starship. And SpaceX, let me let me talk about this for a second. Now, SpaceX needs government contracts. Without government tra- contracts, they need to rely on private funding, and they just got another I think it was 750 million injection of cash into the business. So they're doing okay with private investment, right? And all that money is going for Starship development and also for Starlink satellite development. They need to deploy Starlink V2 as soon as possible so they can start making money with Starlink so they can start funding the machine that makes Starships, right? So that being said, millions of people are going to sign up for Starlink. All of those people are going to pay a subscription price every single month for Starlink. And then that money is going to get pushed together into the Starship program, build the next phase of human spaceflight. And SpaceX is going to be at the forefront of all of it and then bring in all that money, right? But they need some money from other places other than Starlink to continue to doing this. And the Department of Defense has limitless pockets and they have ungodly amounts of money. They have just all the money you'll ever ask for. So the Department of Defense, the Air Force Research Lab posted this tweet. 2023 is here and that means a new year of research development and delivery of solutions for the U.S. Air Force Science and Technology for 2030 mission. Okay, so they're looking at the 2030 timeframe. Learn more about what's been done and what's to come now? And they have a link to one of their one of their articles on there. But look at this picture. This is the important part. This picture right here, right here. This is a this is a starship. Check this out. A starship launching from the U.S. The booster returning, as you can see from right here. Starship launching, booster returning, but the starship launches across the ocean to someplace else, right? And then. Lands there, does its thing for the Department of Defense, and then they launch another one back and forth and back and forth. So this could be the future of Starship for the Department of Defense. And numerous times, like I said before, Elon has stated that, yeah, we want to send 100 people over on the Earth like within an hour or two. You could go anywhere. If you want to go to space real quick on a Starship, that's cool. But also, if you want to go to space, that's cool too. We can send you to Mars. This thing is huge. And we can fit 
a hundred people in it on Earth, but also eh, maybe twenty or thirty people at the most going to Mars because there's got to be cargo in that thing too. There's got to you know food and water and things to basically keep you alive when you go to Mars. Maybe a rover of some sort, any sort of cargo to get you to Mars and to keep you alive. So doing that with the Starship is important for SpaceX, but also the war tech is important for SpaceX. Everything for the Department of Defense, billions and billions of dollars will be pumped into SpaceX in the future. And we think of old space and I wanted to know what you think about this. This is, a, I think this is an important topic that we need to talk old space, right? These gigantic, gigantic companies that were at the forefront of space exploration when the Apollo programs were happening. Boeing, Rocketdyne, et cetera, all, all the companies, right? All those old companies, ULA, the conglomeration of all of them, they're still around, right? But they're huge companies and they're bloated compared to what they used to be. They used to have skunk works. They used to do really crazy stuff on deserts and like make rockets that used to fly and hover and you know, people were flying them around. You know, there's Apollo astronauts, astronauts that were in those test programs, right? And those are things that SpaceX is, it's kind of what's happening right now with SpaceX. They're on the desert in the middle of nowhere in Texas, building something really cool, a starship. And also they're pushing things forward. You know, the first people didn't go to the moon because people weren't daring. People were trying new stuff because they were innovative and they were told to by the government. They were like, hey, we're going to give them all this money, but we need these things done by this time, right? So not exactly what SpaceX is doing right now, but SpaceX sees the writing on the wall. They have unlimited money coming their way if they can figure out this problem. You know, if they could figure out how to launch a starship and get the starship from point A to point B on Earth without any damage to the starship or the people on board or the cargo on board, they're going to start raking in the cash. They're going to be printing money left and right. And they're going to just be one of those profitable companies, if not the most profitable company in, in the world, I think. I think SpaceX will be one of the most profitable companies in the world in the near future, within the next 10 to 20 years, if they can figure out Starship. Now, the Department of Defense needs Starship. They need something like Starship. They want to send huge amounts of cargo all over the planet really quickly. You can't do that right now because it takes hours, possibly a day or two to get anywhere in the world with any sort of significant amount of cargo. You have to fly it there in a jet, which takes a long time. But if you could get there in an hour, if you could just say if you have a hundred people, a hundred troops, and you want to send them across the across the world. You get them there in an hour, as opposed to even say five hours. How much more of an advantage do you have if you have a starship? And those people can do that. Those highly trained specialists can get from point A to point B in an hour, as opposed to spending like half a day in a in a on a flight or even a day on a flight. That's ridiculous. So the Department of Defense super interested in SpaceX. Now let's just take a look back. At the war tech. This is this is important because I wanna I wanna know what you think about this. Do you think it's important for SpaceX to focus on space exploration? Or do you think they need to spend time worrying about the Department of Defense? Or do you think they can do both? Let me know in the comments because I think that's an important conversation that we should all sort of have together 
and I'll I'll chime in there too, but I'm going to give you my opinion right now because I think this can start the conversation. I think they need to do both. Space exploration, as much as I love it, and I think it's the most fantastic thing. It's the it's the the most magical thing that I can think of. Space exploration, and I don't know how to express how I feel about it. I just get so happy when I think about it. But billions of dollars. We want the space exploration, right? We want to send things to Mars. We want to send rovers. We want to send people to Mars. We want to send things to Saturn. We want to send things all over the solar system and then beyond. But how do you do that? You don't have enough money to do that. If you just have Starlink, those people will continue printing money for you, of course, but you have to keep the satellites in orbit. You have to keep churning out satellites. That costs money. There's operational costs to it. With the Department of Defense, you're going to do, let's say if you do like half the work, but you get paid billions of dollars. That's pretty nice. You just send a starship there and back pretty cost effective. The return on investment makes a lot of sense. Ethically, it's up to the company. It's up to the people that are involved with the company. I have no say in that. So I can't really, I can't really talk about it as far as like what I, what I think, because I'm not the company. So I think it's a necessary evil that they have to do. I think they have to do some department, department of defense stuff. They've been working with NASA for a long time too. So they, they have the NASA money. Could they stay a small and nimble company for a long time? and keep progressing or do they need this injunction like in in injection sorry of cash flow from something like the department of defense in the next five to ten years so they can develop starship faster i want to see a starship fly i don't know about you i want to see a starship fly i want to see it fly as soon as possible i want to see a hundred of these things fly in the next 10 years i think it'd be amazing i think we with the hls program and also everything they're doing with starship on the side you know, not just HLS. I know they're focusing on HLS right now, but if they can work on other things too while doing the HLS program, Gwyn Shotwell is in charge of that, the whole Boca Chica Starship facility now. So Gwyn, you're doing a great job. And I think you're you're kicking butt and taking names. So I think they're on a really great path for the HLS. But this right here, the warfighter needs this, apparently, according to the Air Force. Wartech brings together warfighters, technologists, planners, and acquisition personnel to collectively develop operational concepts motivated by future force design and enabled by high payoff science and technology. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not in the military at all. Never have been. My, my dad was, my grandpa was, and my whole family, you know, they've, they've been in the Army and Navy and Air Force and everything. Not the Marines. I have friends in the Marines, but not, not me. I'm not one of those people. So how does it work? The process begins with a demand signal. For those building future force designs through cross-functional collaborative forums, operational challenges emerge that are informed by current projected targets, trends, and needs. So if there are any sort of things in the future that they think are going to be targets, going to be something that they, they need to address, how do they do that? How do they, how do they figure it out? You know, how do they figure out how to stop those threats from happening? Cha-ching, there's a starship. So... Wartech efforts, Vanguard program Skyborg, NTS-3, and Golden Horde were pre-Wartech. The Wartech process helps to evolve the current Vanguards, ensure enterprise commitment, in, in, and identify clear transition pathways. Wartech has produced the Vanguard rocket or program Rocket Cargo and Vanguard prospects such as Resolute Sentry and Area Effects Demo. Rocket Cargo determined the viability and usability of 
use or utility of using large commercial rockets, that's SpaceX's Starship for Department of Defense Global Logistics. So not only the people, not only the people I was talking about earlier, but the stuff, the cargo, the ammo, the everything you're going to need, the laptops, the everything, food, supply, all the supplies. Starship. Uh, Resolute Sentry, real-time multi-domain battle space awareness in highly congested environments. We're going to worry about the rocket cargo. Do they need this? That's the that's the question we need to answer in the comments. Do you think SpaceX should focus on the Department of Defense or should they focus on space exploration? Space exploration technology is kind of their name. <laughs> kind of their name. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of torn with this. And I saw this article and I was like, oh, I saw this tweet. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I got to think about this one. So I, I think we should just take a take a take a second and think about it, because as cool as the stuff that they do, the Falcon 9 is absolutely amazing. Everything they've done with the Falcon 9 is game changing, 100 percent game changing, changed the whole industry. But the next phase is a starship, which is absolutely intense. Now, here, take a look at SpaceX real quick. This is the Starship page on SpaceX's website. Just goes through basic information about the Starship. The height, 120 meters, 394 feet. I always say 400 feet because it's close. Diameter, 30 feet, 9 meters. Payload to LEO, 100 plus tons. Or, you know, they go down. Or, sorry, and then if you skip through the next one, the Starship itself, 50 meters in height, 164 feet. 30 meters around. Starship is fully reusable spacecraft, second stage. And, yeah, super heavy, which is the booster. But those things come together and they make something that SpaceX feels is going to be for interplanetary transport, right? So Starship uses, we don't see the Department of Defense on their website, right? So like interplanetary transport, interplanetary transport, building cities on Mars will require, will require affordable delivery of significant quantities of cargo and people. That's what I was talking about earlier. Fully reusable Starship system. Use in-space propellant transfer to achieve this and carry people on long-duration interplanetary flights. So people, I, I think there's probably going to be 12 people on the first flight, something like that, at the most. Satellites, like I was saying before. Largest cargo ever. You can put a Hubble in this thing. It's no big deal. Not a big deal. Put the whole Hubble in there. It's not a big deal. Put a bus. You know, you could put a, a, a school bus in there. Not a big deal. Put any sort of satellites. Low Earth orbit. Not a big deal. Send things past the moon. Not a big deal. Send things to Mars. Not a big deal. Whatever you want to send, you just send it. There's no constraints anymore. You know, like the fairings of the Falcon 9 are, you know, relatively small compared to this. So also space station. Send people up to the space station. Send cargo up to the space station. Could you imagine just parking a starship at the space station? Just tons of cargo for a whole year. All you need is one launch. You don't need to send, you know, 10 launches a year. To send cargo up. You just send once. You're good. You're good for the year. So one starship to space station. Moon missions. The HLS program. So SpaceX is working with NASA to send the first people or the next people back to the surface of the moon since the Apollo program over 50 years ago. And that's insanely cool. And it'll be Artemis 3. And they're working on that right now down in Boca Chica, Texas. And interplanetary transport. And then satellites, wait a second, space station, moon missions, 
Hmm. Remember this? We just talked about this the other second, a couple seconds ago. This tr- military transport stuff. They didn't say anything about that on their website. Interesting. Interesting how they wouldn't put that, you know, helping, helping keep people safe would be one of those things that Starship is available to do. I thought it was kind of a, a weird thing. I mean, it, it's also a public facing website, so I can't, you know, you can't kid yourself about what they're doing here. They want it to be very positive. You know, they don't want to take any slack from anybody, you know, if they don't need to. So all those things are kind of closed door deals. You know, anything that's happening in the behind closed doors, they're making deals with the Department of Defense. They're making deals with NASA, which are all public, of course. But the Department of Defense stuff, it's if it's secret, it's secret. Can't talk about it. But would be nice to have a little bit of clarity on their website here. I think there's probably some someplace, but I couldn't find it. I was looking around everywhere. There's a user's guide, of course, for the Starship. Starship user guide, and it has all of the information about payload volume, Starship's eight meter diameter payload dynamic envelope, as shown in figure four. The large deployable envelope allows for the design of novel payloads. So it flips open like that, and then you shoot the satellite out. Very cool. Very minimal, very minimal way to deploy a satellite too. So it's not jettisoning out in like there's numerous parts, just satellite in there, flip open the top, Satellite flies out, shut the top again. It's genius, genius, absolutely genius. Payload manifesting environments, and it goes through some of the some of the specifics. Crew configuration found was founded with the goal of making life multiplanetary, and they show a picture of the crew configuration where they're landing on the moon, some moon base, and over here cargo configuration. Additional capabilities, fully reusable Starship and super heavy systems are expected to allow for space based activities that have not been possible since the retirement of the space shuttle and the space transportation system or have never been possible before. The fully reusable Starship satellites can be captured and repaired in orbit. I've been hearing rumors recently, just within the last couple of days, that they're really focusing on SpaceX's ability to use a Starship to capture satellites in space junk and either boost it into a better orbit or get rid of it, like bring it back. So it, or, you know, send it down so it'll deorbit and burn up on its way back in where they can capture and repair in orbit. So Hubble's space telescope would be kind of a cool example for that. If the Starship could somehow dock with that, have some astronauts on board, similar to what the shuttle did, that would be pretty cool. But I've been hearing that they're, they're really thinking hard about that right now. And there's, there's talk behind the scenes that they're working on that. Fully reusable Starship satellites can be captured or repaired in orbit, returned to Earth and transferred or transferred to a new operational orbit. And then there's, you know, there's a sales link so you can buy this, whatever service you're going to buy. But that's the, that's the major question. What are they going to use the Starship for mostly? And once they have, say, 10 Starships, what if they built 10 Starships? Will they use most of them for space exploration? Or they will they use most of them for Department of Defense stuff? We're going to have to find out in the future because right now it looks like SpaceX is, of course, like they need the money. Any company wants to make money. So they're going to go. I, they're going to go with a hybrid of both. And they kind of have to like all space exploration companies do. ULA, Boeing, all of them. There's some sort of Department of Defense with them and SpaceX already has that. So they already have those working relationships and Starship will be used for that as as well, you know, in the future. 
according to, you know, according to the Air Force. So that's about it for today, everybody. Thanks for watching or listening. I do appreciate your time. But I, I think this is an interesting use case for Starship in the future. So if you like this, please take a second and subscribe. It only takes a second. It's free. And I'll help out the channel a bunch. And if you're on YouTube, make sure to like it. It takes a second as well. It's free. And thanks for listening or watching wherever you are on any platform that you're on. See you later.